Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Oh, yeah. That's right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles.com, where Panthers mean everything. And we're here chopping up all the news and opinions with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, Cody? Tony to Don, brother, man. I am wonderful. It's a Tuesday night. We are very, very close to football. The Carolina Panthers report to what appears to be their final practice season at Wofford College on the 24th. I'm pumped about it. We're getting closer and closer to football. We have the best Panther fans on YouTube in the chat. Tintis, Derek Hall, John, Legacy Lynn, Underground West, Trail One. You know what we're about to do. Tony Dunn, my brother, and nothing to it but to do it. Let's talk some Panther football. Uh, tonight's show is media decentralization and an athletic double or nothing as we talk about, I guess we're kind of searching and searching for what we want to talk about, what there is to talk about. Thankfully, there's very little Panther news to talk about. Nobody getting arrested or suspended or getting hurt as of this point, knock on wood, but all smooth smooth sailing at this point. I also think that uh, we don't really worry about that as a fan base all that much. I think that we all know that there's a strong group of men in that locker room. So, that's so this is actually in in the past maybe not as a panther fan but just in general football fans worst nightmare is hearing one of their star players uh gets busted out of trap house or whatever it may be so look right now we're in the starving season and uh, the biggest news actually has to do with panthers media jordan rodrigue who has announced recently that she would be leaving the Charlotte Observer today announced they should be joining the Athletic. That makes two former Charlotte Observer beat reporters, Joe Person and now Jordan Rodriguez, covering the Carolina Panthers for the Athletic, leaving us wondering, man, how are they going to keep the lights on or are the lights going to be on for the Charlotte Observer much longer? So we'll be talking about how this um, is, you know, maybe does this mean anything for Panther fans and how they access Panthers content going forward to... We have to talk about this series that is debuting in three day, three days. Uh, it's Panthers all or nothing. 
Tony Dunn's been calling it the all-in, Amazon all-in. I swear I've been calling it by its wrong name for like three years. The show's all or nothing. It debuts on, um, what, the 19th in three days. And Cody, on Sunday, we're going to be doing a little special bonus podcast. And I was thinking maybe we should call it Double or Nothing. I, hey man, I'm down. Me and you talking about uh, all or nothing, double or nothing. Hey man, I'm ready to go. Like I said, I'm I'm stoked about it. Uh, Amazon keeps on putting new clips out, uh, and so does the Panthers Twitter. I'm ready, man. I, I love it. I, I think that we're going to really see what kind of team we have this season. Because even though we're losing a lot of players, dude, I'm telling you that locker room is still solid. You have Cam Newton and Greg Olson there. And Luke, I mean, you're talking about stalwart leaders in that locker room. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see the dynamics of our team. North Turner, Ron Rivera. Um, I'm pumped about it, man. I, I love this kind of shit. And it's about my favorite football team. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Derek Hall in the YouTube chat says uh, Cody called it last year. So he the man. You're right. Cody did break uh, news about all or nothing too bad that's second to nothing because tony broke the news on the all in show right yeah way better much better way better way better fan it's it's called it's it what genre is it not documentary fantasy all right um while you guys a mockumentary while you guys are hanging out in that chat room go ahead and smash that thumbs up button join the the podcast using the cat calls line. The number is two, five, two, 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 eight, 50, 98. And, uh, just overall share the show with a friend. It's the longest running Panthers podcast. We're going to continue to grow it each and every week. Tuesday nights we're live. And, uh, and we do it because I don't know. It's fun hanging out with you guys talking about football. What I mean, it's better than talking about real life, right? Cody. I don't know if you've heard, but real life is pretty stupid right now. Yeah. It's at all time levels of stupid. So I'd much rather talk about Panthers football and uh, distract myself from the, the idiocracy outside our doors. Let's talk a moment about what the internet has done to media, disrupting media. That's why, you know, the C3 Panthers podcast is part of that disruption. Yeah. And that we started this podcast when Google opened Google Hangouts and live streaming. Uh, to the public, right? And I've always talked about this as as a historian and someone who studies the past. We we have placed, we kind of find these momentum points when it comes to mankind, right? Uh, some people may say like the f- fire or the wheel. Generally, people start talking about like sedentary agriculture and then you develop writing, right? So you go from oral cultures to written cultures and how you're able to build upon knowledge. Another giant momentum point was the printing press. And now, I mean, we are living in an age where we're seeing a momentum point, a disruptive force in the internet. It's changed the way the media works. We've seen that through Twitter where we all hang out. We see that as each and every week we're able to do this podcast because it's democratized, you know, how we follow the news and how we interact with the news. One of the the entities that's obviously felt the force of this decentralization, this change, Cody, 
Charlotte Observer continues to lose people. Every day I open Twitter and someone is leaving the Charlotte Observer. We saw Marcel. We saw Jordan Rodrigue. We saw Jordan uh, Joe Person last year. I also saw the Katie Peralta girls gone. Like, I mean, they're dropping, they're, they're running out of that building like crazy. Where is, I, I don't know. Is this story, where do you want to start with this? Do we start with just the Charlotte Observer? Is it our news? I know everybody's saying newspapers are dying. I'm a little surprised that the Observer is, is hemorrhaging this badly. Well, I'm not really surprised. Um, it's, you know, I think, um, I mean, I don't know who owns the athletic, but one thing is for sure, they are swooping up journalists everywhere from all different kinds of teams uh, around the NFL. And Jordan Rodriguez is now one of them. She has joined Joe Person and has moved from the Observer to the athletic. And, um, you know, so listen, I, I understand a lot of people are back and forth on Jordan. There was the whole Cam Newton debacle and all the shit show that followed that. Um, But then ultimately, you know, what I feel is uh, you have a reporter that asked knowledgeable questions. She had the balls to ask about Ron Rivera's job security at the end of the year last year. You know, she tries to be on the point um, with her questioning. And, hey, people don't have to love her. But I do think that, um, you know, she does add a uh, a nice voice to the beat writers uh, that are out there covering the Panthers. So, I'm okay with it. Um, as far as the observer is concerned, I could not tell you a single name that works there anymore at all. I mean, I don't know. Sorensen, Sorensen's part time. We found out today there was a great tweet by somebody said that Sorensen and who's the guy that covers the Hornets? Uh, Will something or oh God? What is his name? You uh, Barnell? Something Barnell? Does that sound right? Yeah, Brad Bromwell or Barnett. Yeah, I I know who But they were like, the tweet was, them dudes are going to be cutting the lights off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorensen's part-time. I think, dude, is really what you're seeing is this is it's kind of hard for these media giants to to fund so much when fund so many individual writers and career writers to work the beat essentially for a diverse things. I mean, think about this. They, they got politics writers. They got local government. They got social, they probably, they have hundreds and hundreds of writers. Well, maybe not yeah. that many, but they have a, such a broad, um, you know, employee base. And we always know that in a business payroll is like one of the top expenses. And then the problem is, is that the cash flow coming in is just slowed down to a halt so much so, I mean, like we really, you know, you're probably going to see the physical newspaper end in the near future, at least cut back. They've cut back in size. Are they going to cut back in frequency? But I thought that the I, I think where it surprised me with the Observer is I thought one of the strengths that they had the ability to reach a broad internet internet audience regularly was through sports. I thought that would would have been if they were going to forge ahead as a business being a city that had access and had really good writers when it comes to historically or at least strong writers historically covering the team. I thought they would forge ahead on sports. 
it seems like this is that they're they're kind of throwing their hands up in that area and that surprises me because now my question with the athletic which i like the athletic i'm subscribed to the athletic i read joe person stuff i think it's great i think he's good i think rodriguez is good i mean i think she's young and some different things but they the athletic kind of sold themselves on long form at writing you know it was that they were their pitch has been for a while now like in-depth coverage for the diehard fan for someone who will pay to read a five-page article i'm wondering when they double down in this manner are they trying to diversify a little bit to shorter form which technically sells better on the internet or just period in life is people just they don't read they don't read the story they read the headline the first paragraph maybe and that's it and then they comment on it yeah and you know so um tommy walker said in the chat i'd like to see tepper by the observer so the observer is actually owned by a company that owns a bunch of newspapers in in different cities uh around the u.s so they have a, a parent company um so if you buy the observer you're not just buying the observer you're buying all these other uh places that are probably going out of business themselves um yeah it just seems like uh you know when, when you have someone that's dedicated to putting together top flight written content like the athletic is doing um in a different kind of way um you know it you get the feel that you're paying for a level of quality that that comes with the athletic and a bunch of other stuff with the observer that you might not be interested in. Like maybe you just want sports and you know, you're not. Well, really that's the cool thing with the uh, one thing with the newspaper, Cody is I don't, I don't buy either any of them, but I subscribed. That was it for like 40 bucks for the year. I was able to subscribe to the Charlotte sports page and the Raleigh News and Observer sports page because they're owned by the same company, right? Yeah. So, like, those are the best things. I get to follow the Canes. I get to follow basketball uh, and, uh, on Tobacco Road. I then get to – I had the best coverage when it came to the Charlotte Panthers or at least the most instant coverage. We knew that the Charlotte Observer, those guys were breaking – they were – the main me their main voice i don't know i might i don't know if the athletics model can work though i'm interested to see can a subscription-based service where you have to pay kind of significant you know it's not free it's not a dollar it's like three or four it's like four bucks a month i believe or more not entirely sure i got i used the student discount because i got an edu email <laughs> so I got it for fifty percent off or something <laughs> like that. I'll use that. But you know, are they going to be able to support two beat writers? That's a lot of money that they're going to be shelling out. Think about well, that. It's like I said earlier, though. So they have uh, an athletic for every NFL team, and I'm sure they do it for other sports as well, baseball and basketball. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's just football, but I would imagine that it is. They're trying to do um, every sport. They're trying to yeah. be like that, have a writer for every team and every sport, just like we're part of the Overtime Media Network, and they want to have a podcast for every team in the NFL, everyone in college football one day. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you are willing to pay for something, then you'll get a better quality of product. And I kind of think that's what they're saying. We're paying our writers top money 
because why else would they be leaving their jobs where they're at to go to the athletic? I mean, they consider it to be greener pastures. So you're paying for uh, writers that are compensated for their work. I mean, that's the American dream, man. You're, it is. Uh, it is, but it's expensive, too. What I mean is. by that for that Every company, that company is paying a lot for that coverage. Yeah, and sure. I will say, mark my words, write it down, folks, is that right. if the athletic wants to to thrive, they're gonna have they're gonna continue to have to, and I'm sure they're already doing this, is expanding beyond just the written form. Because really, how do they get to they're gonna have to get if you're a subscription based, you better not have a bunch of ads in that crap, right? So it's just gonna be hard. I mean, think about how many people it would take to just pay Rodrigue's salary uh, per year. So there's going to be interesting things. I think you'll watch The Athletic, see if they're able to crack this. Are they going to be able to, are they going to become the next Charlotte Observer, like the dinosaur uh, of the internet, or will they find a way to morph and evolve and become the next thing right um but i've i'm I'm happy with uh interesting though i think interesting about the Charlotte observer falling apart so much um let's see what else do we want to talk about well i know what i want to talk about uh all the three and underground west have brought this to our attention they have not seen this yet and that's what we're here for we got y'all covered cam newton posted this on his instagram he is out with the boys in california and Cam Newton's throwing the football like like the bad man that he is. Um, and he's out there with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, DJ Moore is out there. Jarius Wright is out there. Uh, even Holyfield is uh, is out there. Curtis Samuel wasn't. But listen, man, that's all I'm happy to see right there. Cam Newton extending that shoulder, throwing the football. The range of motion looks great right now. Um, he's putting the ball right in their hands. I mean, listen, uh, this is so important that a quarterback and the receivers be on the same page, um, you know, on the same wavelength. And Cam Newton has been doing this for a while now, meeting up with the, with the guys on the receiving core and the running back core uh, before the season starts. They used to do it in Baltimore. They did it out in California this time around. And um, I, I'm happy, man. It, it, that, that looks like a healthy Throwing the football, Cam Newton. Now, I don't have any other details, but that's what it seems. I got a detail. Number one, I've been saying this all along. Cam Newton has been especially visible since all of the injury talk. Just two months ago, people were talking about could he sit out the whole season, all that stupid nonsense, right? Cam Newton has been very visible throughout this process, which is important because that means that he's feeling good. Right yeah. now, you're seeing this. You're seeing videos of him throwing. You're seeing uh, that the live streaming is throwing all of this. You didn't see that crap after his 2016 cleanup when he was coming in the 2017 season. They come out there and they throw the ball. They come out the very first day of training camp. They come out there and Cam Newton's throwing for the very first time, and then they shut him down. You know, for five days straight, and then it's it's kind of mishmash. This. Right here, folks, is good. These are great signs, right? This is like you're looking you're looking at all the tea leaves right now are reading the right way when it comes to Cam Newton, his shoulder health, and going forward. Cody, I want to bring this to you and your attention because we are going to be talking about this all or nothing 
show, second in the ratings to All In, directed by Tony Dunn. But when, when I look at this right here, and I start to think of that show, All or Nothing, and how they're going to track the Carolina Panthers from beginning to end throughout the season. You're yeah. sitting there in week seven. We're six and one at that point or whatever it is, six and two in week eight. If Cam Newton stays healthy there on that trajectory, you're sitting here going, this is crazy awesome. Thinking and knowing what we know about Cam's health now and his inability to throw the deep ball at all, is how good was he in those first five games? And then you think of a healthy Cam, a more familiar Cam with North Turner. All of a sudden, I'm really secretly trying not to say it out loud, but we may have lightning in a bottle. Listen, man, I have said this for um, a long time now. And, and of course, I believe it. I know you believe it. I know most of the people in our YouTube chat believe it, but when Cam Newton is on and playing his best football, he is the most difficult to stop player in the NFL. He is the player that keeps defensive coordinators up at night because he's such a threat to run. He's so hard to take him off of his feet. Um, And and he has a laser beam cannon for an arm. Um, So Cam Jordan uh, of the New Orleans Saints, who loves to um, go back and forth with Cam, said on Colin Cowherd's show that Cam Newton is strong like Ben Roethlisberger. He's got the accuracy like any other top top tier quarterback and can outrun you more than Russell Wilson can. And and look, that's a guy that has to play Cam Newton twice a year. That guy isn't just making that up because he wants to say nice things. And he talks shit about Cam all the time, like trying to get under his skin. The fact that he is saying this means he believes it. And he doesn't think that highly of Matt Ryan. That's for damn sure. Well, I mean, who does? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, good point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Listen, uh, you know, and you know, he's talking about from a defensive end perspective. Who would, who is harder, or who is it more fun to sack? And he's talking about well, with Cam Newton, you feel like you earned it. You have to bring that big some bitch down. You know, yeah. you have to actually do your job. Whereas Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, even Jameis, as soon as you put your hands on them. They're folding like a cheap wallet, man. You so, you look in the chat room. Underground West says return of Supercam, and you know it, and I know it, and and uh, we are we we know it. We knew it. We weren't worried about it. And I'm never. telling you, folks, we understand at this on this podcast at least, and I know that all Panther fan, the ones that, and I'm gonna say I don't like that true true fan commentary right but there is a group of people that don't think that cam means as much as he does we are on that bandwagon that he means more than you can understand and we we just know it and i know that the short-term memory of national football fans the national media may have forgotten super cam but he's still there right he is still there and the magic all it takes is another six and two start, and all of a sudden they will be on Cam's jock like crazy. I mean, I wonder. Uh, I mean, I don't wonder. I know for a fact people didn't talk about 
Drew Brees, uh, you know, the, the way that we do now when he was just, you know, 30 years old. Or maybe they just started to talk about him in that kind of way. I mean, some quarterbacks really turn it on uh, um, later than others. But it's not even about him turning it on. It's about, and I genuinely believe this, that on paper, as of right now, Cam Newton this year might have the best offensive line that he's had in his entire time here as a Carolina Panther. So if you're able to give him enough time, and, and, and he has the, the strength to stretch the football field and throw it downfield and, and hit those go routes like he was in 2015, and his ability to rush the football and his intelligence behind the line, dude, I'm telling you, there's no other quarterback that you want on your football team when they're playing at 100%. Cam Newton is that kind of player. We have better weapons around him. We've tried our best to build a wall around him. Kudos to Herney for that one. Um, It feels as though now under David Tepper, we're finally trying to do right by Cam Newton. And I'm hoping, and I genuinely do believe, uh, you will see the results this year to all of those pieces coming together. Um, I want to look it up. Hold on. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, who I, who drives me nuts half the time in life because he only talks to people that are jerks. Like he is very thin skinned in the fact that he will come at you if you're talking junk. But if you like really want to actually try to talk football and get some info from him, he will ignore you. Like, so you almost need to be a D bag to talk to Jeff Schwartz. He had a tweet, and I'm trying to find it up here, and it was talking about how someone had said that, hold on, CMC should be the MVP, right? And that, all right, so here it is. He tweeted this. He said, a healthy Cam Newton is more important to the Panthers' offense than CMC by far, duh. All right, so we're going into this all-or-nothing season. We're coming off of Cam Newton's injury, where we're trying to, we're about to learn all of these things. Christian McCaffrey may be—he's a top, arguably a top five running back in the league, right? A guy that does all of it, and now a lot of talk surrounding running backs in the NFL. Melvin Gordon threatening the Chargers to sit out or demanding a yeah. trade. There's rumors now of Ezekiel Elliott sitting out training camp. These running backs know, particularly the ones that are selected in the first round, that they have five years on that rookie deal. And while that may be sweeter than being a third-round pick, the worst thing about it is it takes them five years to get a deal. Now, yeah. CMC, amazing, hundred over 100 catches, 99% of offensive snaps, but still second fiddle to Cam, a healthy Cam Newton. Where do you post him in the running back top five, or where, where do you put him in running backs, and oh. where do you think about what he is thinking as he's seeing these running backs around the league starting to recognize they got to they leverage a little bit when they got it? Um, I mean, as far as my top five, that's so hard to say, man. Um, you know, I, like I, I think that um, 
Is he in the top five? Is he in the top five? Yeah, he definitely is in the top five. I mean, Saquon. In my mind, mind, the the perfect running back has has to be able to do everything that that Christian can do. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to catch passes. You have to be able to run routes. You have to be able to bounce it to the outside and run in between the tackles. And when you look at the level of dedication that he adds to the game, as Cam Newton calls it, that Caucasian preparation that he says uh, Christian and Greg Olson share. That's messed up. That's, that's racist. That's racist. And just because you're saying nice things doesn't mean it's not racist. That's like saying black dudes have big dongs. It may be nice, but it's still racist. You know what? If it's racist, then Christian McCaffrey can go cry on the booty of his Instagram girlfriend who's just dropped Oh, yeah, she's, she's hot. Also, ran, sloppy segments from El, uh, Edelman, and then and then ran money on top of her while she's sleeping. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's too upset. We're so but, bad. Um, We're so bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, li- listen, um, I, I'm top five to me. It, it, none of it matters because um, that's the number two on our offense. Once upon a time, it was Greg Olson, but right now it goes Cam Newton number one, and then Christian McCaffrey number two as the driving force um, behind the offense and, and making it run and being able to be versatile. So he is absolutely uh, a valuable weapon. Uh, unlike uh, a lot of people would love to have a Christian McCaffrey, put it that way. Holy cow. I cannot believe did, did Adrian Peterson really, he had a thousand yards rushing last year. Yeah. Where is well, Christian yeah. McCaffrey on the Russian? How many Russian yards did he have? I want to say right below a thousand, either right above or below a thousand. Hold on. I'm trying to look it up here. Maybe this. Uh, okay. Yeah. He had a thousand ninety eight. He had, uh, he had a, over a thousand yards rushing. So here are the guys that have more rushing yards than him. Chris Carson from Seattle, Joe Mixon, not much. I mean, right. Then Todd Gurley had 1,250. Saquon, 1,300. Ezekiel Elliott still had 1,400 yards last year. So now when we think about Christian McCaffrey, though, and as what do you, how does it feel to you when you hear, what is your thoughts, Melvin Gordon holding out or forcing a trade? What do you, where do you, how do you think that's going to go over? I mean, not well. Because it's different. He's not Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? He's not going to demand the kind of, at least I don't think. I mean, they're handing out these crazy contracts now. So, I mean, I'm not surprised if they make him the highest paid running back in the NFL. I sure as shit would not. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but, you know, and when you look at the number of running backs that come out in the draft that are versatile, that have the ability to do different things, um, I don't know why you would pay that amount of money for a running back. And I don't really consider him to be the versatile type of player that McCaffrey is or an Alvin Kamara or a Barkley. And I don't think that he's as strong of a runner as Ezekiel Elliott is. So I would not pay him the money that he wants. Um, I would see what I could get for him if, if that was the case, you know. I think that Ezekiel Elliott has a better case than 
Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon experienced, oh, he's experienced, um, he's dealt with injury, right? We know that Ezekiel Elliott has been drive the motor of that offense. So I, I think it would be more understandable from Ezekiel's point. I don't think if I'm the Chargers, I give in to this at all. And I don't even know. I think it might be a misplay by Melvin Gordon a little bit. I don't know if it works out. No, I don't think so. Either. And hey, shout out to our boy J-Dub in the chat. Long time no see, brother. Hope you're well. Thanks for stopping in with us tonight. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't pay him. I, and I, I, I'm on your side. I don't, I don't think that's going to turn out well for Melvin. So though, bridging that to the Carolina Panthers next year, though, Christian McCaffrey could be in a similar boat. First round draft pick for the Carolina Panthers, over a thousand yards rushing. And as Josh from Mass has pointed out from my Southern accent, that he had two thousand rushing yards, as in. From Russia, are you? Damn Russians! Russians, Russian meddling. He had two thousand meddling yards. No, but you got a guy who's got a thousand on the ground, a thousand in the air, a hundred catches, ninety-nine percent offensive plays. If there's anybody that is arguing for top dollar on in the league, it's guys like to me, like Alvin Kamara, like a Christian McCaffrey, and we have that right there, a number one draft pick. Do you, yep. if you're Christian McCaffrey, start to say, hey, I need to be considered in the realm of a receiver? I think going back sort of to the Le'Veon Bell conversation, and that is while I may be a running back and you use me like that, I do so much more. Maybe I'm not a top wide receiver that comes along, you know, that are so rare, but I'm also rare in my own in my own right. And I wonder if Christian McCaffrey, or do we just assume that because he's white and he's good looking, that he's just all of a sudden going to be like, oh, I'm a team player. And what I mean, that's a bad joke. And what I'm really saying this is we act like, too, that Christian McCaffrey shouldn't do that like, or wouldn't ever think that way. I'm saying he should. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. I think the 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 days and years of players waiting until their fourth or fifth year to sign their contract, that's over and done with, man. They signed Carson Wentz to the richest quarterback money in NFL history after three years. And if they paid Ezekiel Elliott and you have contract negotiations with the NFLPA coming up, I'm telling you, man, they're, they're trying to make that cheddar quicker than ever before. Also because there are more and more players coming through the draft that are looking to take their job. So, yeah, man, the, the the days of you waiting to the last minute to sign your star player, like how they did with Aaron Donald, yeah, that's never happened and never again. J-Dub, what's good with you? Like like Cody said, he's in the chat room. Also, uh, I saw Oliver Irwin from Northern Ireland, big fan of the podcast, Keep Pounding, he says, man, welcome to the show Glad to have you, um, and God bless. I'm a Catholic, and I'm pretty sure the Northern Irish people are Catholic. I think they are. Should know this. <laughs> are you Catholic? Oliver, are you Catholic? Okay, going on with this, let's see. So my question was, should CMC hold out? I mean, I hope it doesn't, but, man, I mean, 
if what, what if he has you know thirteen hundred Russian yards and Russian yards and uh and twelve through the air, you know what I'm saying? Like if he has that kind of season, then dude, he can say I'm another Ladamian Tomlinson. So especially if the Carolina Panthers, like J Dub says, every uh, I love our roster uh, and team this year. Imagine if we go out. If I, I think it would actually complicate a lot of things if the Panthers went like won a Super Bowl or made the yeah. Then if you're Christian McCaffrey, you're like I want. If if you win a Super Bowl, then you already got the ring. Screw it. Pay me mugs. Back yeah, up the Brinks truck. Okay, if Cam Newton has another MVP season. Pay me. Oh, he's going to be gonna, he's going to be a 35 million dollar man. So you're going to 35. So, and this is listen, th- I mean we're kind of uh future sightseeing right now, but I mean this is a very real scenario. What do you do in the event that Cam Newton balls out this year and Christian ball out this year and they're going to want more money? When is Christian up for a new contract? We drafted him in 2017. This will be his they, third year. Uh, yeah, third right? year. Third year. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we might Which pay means he, We get four and five. We get the fifth-year option. That's the problem with this is that if – that's why the question is actually a really interesting one is if you're Christian McCaffrey, you we got you for five years. You need to get paid because running backs, they get worn down. That's why I think Zeke – that's why if Zeke don't get paid now – He's just not he's not gonna be what he is in five years. He just can't be. Legacy Lynn says Tepper doesn't react. Tepper initiates action. I think that will apply to CMC. So uh, reaching out. Well to he him, better negotiate his deal like now. Well, but, <laughs> That's what I would say. Well, but you know, uh David Tepper, I mean, like I said, uh, or well, we didn't say it, but it comes from a very different business. I need a pep and, talk, um, man. I need a pep talk. You need a pep talk? Give me you a pep need, talk. How about... Uh, it stresses me out. Stresses me out. Well, Think of how uh, awesome we are. How about, uh, how about a David Tepper pep talk? Yeah. Sir? That would help. All right, let's do it. Mr. Tepper. Hey, can you come holler at us, please? I wonder where we're at in the season right now. We obviously have been losing. Maybe this is early before we now it's cold outside. That's how you get back up when you lose. Yeah. That's what matters. That's the truth. I've done a few times in my life. You know, it's just it always happens. People put me down, you just get back up again. That's what it is. That's all it is. Hey, but can you tell me this then? Tell me how you about to get these twenty percent back? Cause I want in. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I did it. I did it uh, three times. Three well, listen. Times. I'm gonna tell you what happened. Every time I'm down big, 
This is the truth. I'll show you the numbers. So if I'm down 20%, the next year, every year I've been up 60%, and then 100%, and 100%. Well, listen, you know brother. why? Because I can't stand to lose. Me either. That's I why I'm coming to see you. you. When you lose, when you lose, you come back bigger. That's I tell it. you, TD can't shut up. That's the truth. <laughs> Mr. Tepper said, I'm down. Down. No, 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 You know what you do? You make smart, smart, calculated moves. That's what it's about. Smart, calculated moves. Smart risks, right? Man, you know how much paper this hand on What we need to know so is, what do you guys think that the win do you think that was? All right, so the Panthers last year had lost to, let's see, we uh, won on October 8th against the Lions. So we had just beat the Patriots, right? No, is this the right season? No, that's that's, that's no, the year that's before. Year, that's that's year year before. before. Uh, I'm willing to bet that this is after the Washington Redskins, uh, after after we lost to Washington in a very, very close game. Um, that's when I think this is because uh, they're still talking hopeful. So it seems like uh, you know uh, it's the kind of message of hey, you got knocked on your ass, but now you got to brush your shoulders off and get back up. Uh, I've had to do it in my line of work, uh, and that's what David Tepper is talking about. So, uh, I mean, hey, it, when when a billionaire gives you a pep talk on being down, maybe you should listen to him, you know? And I kind of think uh, the Panthers are definitely open-eared to whatever David Tepper has to say to them. Interesting. It's cold. The ground is cold. I mean, the leaves are falling. Tepper's got a toboggan on. You're placing it, and there's leaves in the background. I'm thinking it's somewhere in October. Cam's not hurt, hurt yet. You know, this might, like you said, and why is it so hard for me to figure out what we did last year? We finished, did we finish third in the division? Who did we start off last last year with, Dallas? Yeah, we finished, um, yeah, we started with Dallas, and we went to Atlanta. Where is the, who, who did we lose to? Um, and who was where, where did we lose where we were kind of like at six and two? Who are our losses been to? And why so, is it so uh, hard when, when we to were, find the fucking when, season? Dude, go to Wikipedia, man. 2018 Carolina Panthers season. So we uh, we had lost to Atlanta in week two, and then Washington, uh, we lost October 14th. And then that's before we played Philadelphia. So that's probably my yep, guess. That's it. Right after at, that Redskins game. There. Because yeah. uh, October. Cam's still happy. He's happy and joking. Yeah. If he was hurt, he wouldn't have been kidding around there. That's pre-November 8th. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too, man. Good job. Um, Good job. We're dissecting this. We're figuring this all out. Just like this is that screw the you know the reporters are watching the all the all or nothing series right now. They watched yeah. it today. Jordan Rodriguez got to watch it. The guys from WFNZ got to watch it. You know and, that? Yeah, I saw they they got the pre they got the early special release of all the episodes or just like one episode. Oh, that's a good question. Do they get to see all of it or do they just get to see yeah, the first one. episode? And then I think there's also like a pre-release party you can get tickets to from Amazon. I saw somebody put one on Reddit that they got one. 
Like, so they're going to go, maybe the Panthers are putting on something where you can go screen at the, with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is something. Uh, I saw it on Reddit that they were doing something, but I just, I don't know what. Um, right. Here, hey, let's, uh, do you. Uh, I'm going to be watching it from the flat on my back. I'm going to binge it all in one night. And, mm. uh, and then I'll continue the, well, maybe not the whole thing in one night, but uh, I'll definitely watch a bunch of it and then refresh uh, as we record our videos to upload to this channel. All right. Let's, let's uh, go ahead and jump into the cat calls. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the show. We want to hear what you got, what you're looking forward to about the season, what your thoughts about this team are, what you're excited about, what we should be talking about because you guys let us know what, I mean, we're, we really are like, all on the internet searching for any clues together. So we're a team. And I'm still disappointed that somebody who works at Amazon is not a fan of this show enough to where they couldn't leak something to us for this video. One day we're going to be that big, Cody. But until then, let's hear what oh, these yeah. guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey guys, uh, this is Jr. Uh, I know it's pretty slow. Uh, what's up? Slow part of the off season. Ain't nothing really happening. Uh, but I did get to catch the uh, Panthers of the Hall first match, and it seems like the one that I feel like all of us have been waiting for. Uh, yeah. No disrespect to the other guys, but uh, this is the one where everybody had their calendar circled. Um, Steve Smith has always been a special player to me because he's the guy who got me into football. I mean, I was probably 14, 15, and uh, watching all his touchdown celebrations really made me fall in love with the Panthers and with football in general. So uh, I always credit Steve Smith for that, and I know he had that a bit of an um, unceremonious exit, but I feel like now we've um, we've made up for that. He seems like he's... He's uh, forgiven <laughs> the organization and everything else. Um, as far as anything else goes, uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I missed this call from last week. Uh, keep finding us. So this is a call from last week, but he's going to hey, come back in. Job. Hold on. Let's talk about this quickly when it comes to... I, I, we do know this. Steve Smith was the one we were all circling on the hall. We talked about him last week on the show. Um... I don't know. Is that I think that right now is before Cam, he is the most meaningful player to the organization. And right now he's still more meaningful at Cam at this point until Cam is not part of the Panthers anymore. But Steve Smith coming back home was important to us, Cody. When you th Actually, we'll play the next call because I think he talks about plays. And I want you to think about this. When you think of Steve Smith, give me a moment that you think about. We talked a little bit about the – NFC Championship game, but think on Steve Smith. What comes to mind? Sure, again. I'm listening to the show now on the road. Uh, I just listened to the part about the uh, favorite uh, Steve Smith moment, 
And um, first thing that comes to mind is always the 2005 playoffs, especially the game against uh, the Bears, where Steve Smith absolutely demolished the secondary. That's he the best the game ever. Celebration going down the um, the, pot, the, uh, the field goal pole, and then he had that sick juke that they play all the time, where the defender just like loses both of his feet and just falls to the ground while Steve just walks to the end zone. Uh, that's always one of his been my favorite moments in Steve's career. All right, so we talked about it a little last week, and I I kind of got starstruck in starstruck in the moment. There's so many kind of things I did want to bring up. One, what about the punching Ken Lucas in the face moment? That was a good one. I was that was one of our biggest free agent acquisitions in twelve and fifteen years as a Panther fan. Twelve years, it's like twenty ten or tw- maybe a little bit earlier than that. And he gets there, he gets off the jet, and then, damn, Steve Smith breaks his nose in the first practice on purpose. Yeah, and, you know, I I don't think either of us picked this uh, last Tuesday, but then there's the ice up sun on a team to leave. That started the segment that we end the show with. I I mean, it's like, I I don't know. what That's about the weird. one where he catches the touchdown and mashes the dude in the air? Like, mashes the guy in the air, stiffs arms him in the air into the ground, then runs past him. That might have been the time that Roman Harper... There was one one game where Roman Harper comes and delivers a late, dirty hit on Steve Smith while he was a saint coming. And that actually was the reason I was slow to embrace Roman Harper did not like him from that moment. But Steve Smith, while people talked about his temper, guys tried to come after him. In fact, Janoris Jenkins is one of those dudes. When he used to play for the St. Louis Rams, him and Steve Smith squared off. Steve Smith was going to beat that dude's ass because Janoris Jenkins said that, or Steve Smith said on the radio afterwards that Janoris Jenkins was saying shit about his wife. Like had Googled shit, like knew her name, where like and was talking shit about his wife. Yeah. And Steve Smith was ready to beat that dude. When he also fought some former player when we were in the a Patriots former player who was like part of the media after a game. That was after the Ice Up Sun game. He got in a fight with a damn guy who used to play for the Patriots. My man. <laughs> you, you you wanted Steve Best Smith moments. on your on your you wanted Steve Smith on your team. Uh I, he used to fight with everyone, man. And and uh, I mean, easily the best receiver that the Panthers have ever had, and it's not even a little bit close. Yeah. Shout out Steve Smith, man, the best wide receiver to ever play for the Panthers. Fantastic. All right, let's keep going. Let's see what he's got. Oh, shout out to uh our, our buddy Carl Van dropping the uh the ninety nine cent two ninety nine cent donations. Thank you Appreciate very you, much. Brother. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. That's my dude right there. That guy makes me laugh all the time. All right, let's see what we gotta do with these cat calls. Numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up, fellas? It's uh Ben from Harrisburg. Um hey man, What's I up, haven't ben? called in, in a while, but I just wanted to call in and uh kind of talk about um how excited I am for this 
squad this year, man. Oh, nice I, uh, segue, if, Ben. If you guys Love were it. to ask really anybody who knows me and has known me for a while, they'd probably tell you that I'm the most pessimistic Panthers fan um, mm. that they know. And that has been true, but for whatever Sounds reason like this a fan, year, man, period. I, I am All fans. It. I am feeling the juice with this team. I think we've got something going. Um, we've got a, a reloaded defense, not rebuilt. We have a reloaded defense. We've got um, Ron Rivera, who, in, in my opinion, truly is one of the at least top five defensive minds in our game, and he's calling the plays on our reloaded defense. We've got uh, a young, explosive offense. We've got a hopefully um, and, and optimistically healthy quarterback with North Turner, who all of us have confidence in calling plays. And I don't know, man. I just got this feeling in my gut that this is the year, man. I see it. I see Sterling Silver in our future. I see Super Bowl 54 on the horizon, and I see us coming home as champions this year. Um, yes, I'm excited. I don't know why, man. I'm just feeling it. Now, I'm about to throw 100 down on us. We got 61, 60 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm taking that all day. Let me know what y'all think. Fantastic call, Ben. Thank you so much. And and I'm with you, man. Is that there is a a an excitement brewing for me with this team. And I think, like you said, the word "reloaded" was important because one of the things, Cody, I asked you. I sent you a text earlier today about like, hey, what the heck are we going to talk about during the show? This, this and that. And you said, well, maybe we should reintroduce the rookies. One of the things I love about this is we got a top. 15 pick or 16 pick and Brian Burns coming in. We've got a lot of potential studs or what we really think could be studs and needed additions to the team, but they don't have to be that from moment one necessarily. That's what I'm excited about there. He brings up Ron Rivera and the defense. I think you think about too, when we've been talking about with Norv Turner and how Cam Newton, healthy Cam Newton, you're talking about DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden weapons, more excitement than we've ever known. I think the only single, the real major question mark is what will the defense look like? Not will it be good, just will it, what will it look like? It will be different. And to me, the lingering question is, why the hell do we got to still deal with Graham Gano? <laughs> I am excited about this team, and I knock on wood, I'm with them. Is there is it could be i think at the worst we're media we're middle of the pack at the very worst but i think there's a really good chance that we could be exceptionally good yeah i do too man and i know you and i have gone back and forth on the defense a little bit but uh, i mean when you look at the players that we've added with bruce Irvin and brian burns who we were supposed to talk about a little bit maybe someone in the chat room knows i have not seen anything that says that we have signed Brian. No, Burns I don't yet. think so. Yeah, we have not signed well, Brian. The last, Burns. the last rookies to sign. I mean, the fact the fact that it's so close to training camp, like I do wonder what's taking us so long. I mean, I'm not overall too worried about it. I don't think it's going to be another. Uh, uh, Jadavia, all right. Yes, situation. Um, so you know, uh, but Andrew, look at. Uh, I mean, everything that we've done. On, on the defensive line, bringing in Gerald McCoy. I mean, the our offensive line and defensive line are set to be so much better this year than they were last year. We're more athletic. We're younger. 
we've added pieces uh, in order to protect Cam Newton. I share the same optimism. I share the same exact optimism. This is a Super Bowl squad. And if Cam Newton is healthy, the stars are aligning for this Carolina Panthers football team. I want to see them continue to do it. I want to see some preseason football to see how they gel. But I, I'm in 100% agreement. Uh, I love the roster as it is right now. We might have the best young roster that we have ever had as a Carolina Panthers football team. And that's saying so. So before we get to the final cat call, uh, Legacy Lynn, uh, one of the best people and favorite people in the world, Lynn brings up an important discussion. She says, for my um, ice up pick, she says, I'm icing up Josh Norman. Josh Norman, uh, there's video, he's in Spain. Uh, all of a sudden, they're they're in this ring. There's a bull in there. There's hundreds of people. It seems like there's a lot of people in there. And all of a sudden, some dude comes flying out of nowhere and jumps over the entire bull, like leaps the bull. And it's Josh Norman. I saw a story. I did not get a, a chance to read it, but Jonathan Jones, former beat reporter for the Show Observer, now works for Sports Illustrated for, from UNC, uh, went wrote for the Tar Heel. He um he said that he did a, he talked with Josh Norman last year and he he kind of tweeted a story from last year about how Josh Norman does something each offseason to culture himself to enhance and grow his life or like you know grow himself as a person and in this right. case he goes to Spain uh he maybe not runs with the Bulls but gets in there a little matador action Lynn thinks this is is not a good decision on Josh Norman's part. Where do you stand, Josh Norman? Uh, kind of a panther. He's a panther love, a fan favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to running with the Bulls, dude, I just don't get it, man. Like, I, I, okay, if you're an adrenaline junkie, go jump out of plane or go bungee jump or do some of that shit. But could you imagine? being trampled to death by bulls in a foreign country. Yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of with Lynn on this one. I, I, that's just, you're doing too much. If you're uh, the Washington Redskins, are you upset? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's weird because I'm not uh, a part of the group of people that, uh, so for example, Patrick Mahomes had posted a video of him playing basketball and people in the Chiefs organization didn't like it and Listen, I understand that you run the risk outside, uh, you know, of outside of playing football when you're doing stuff, but they have to be able to live their life. So I don't believe in too much policemen. But at the same time, you're running with bulls, dude. Like, is there nothing else to help you satiate that adrenaline itch? Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know why you would do it. It seems pretty dumb to me. I am on the other side. I know, Lynn, you're not going to like this. I'm going to disagree. First of all, i got a couple points to make on this. Number one, if you're the Redskins and you're upset with this, first, you barely, you don't even have a front office. Every year, we don't, you don't even have a GM. Like, you're like an owner and two guys that one used to be your quarterback when you won the, when you won the Super Bowl, but they have the most disorganized and dysfunctional front offices it seems like in the history of football so they're oblivious they don't even know to be upset at this point number two is that 
Redskins fans hate Josh Norman. They have talked nothing but trash since they signed him. They have just dumped on him. He's been in the doghouse with the coaching staff. They've hired or all of this. So it's not like they really care. A lot of people were calling for him to be cut. So if he gets hit here, hurt here, it's just going to be like, we told you Josh Norman was an idiot. I love it. This is why I'm okay with it. I'm okay with his ass jumping over the bull, this and that, because that's kind of what makes Josh Norman, Josh Norman an awesome. And what I really mean by this is that, yeah, a normal person doesn't go jump over a bull. A normal person doesn't do these types of things. But they also aren't the highest level athlete who wants the ball in the most pressure cooking situations. So Josh Norman's got an edge. He's got enough balls to jump over a a bull. And he's got enough ups to not get his bull balls hooked on a bull. (laughs) Yeah, uh... To, yeah, enough ups to not be castrated by a bull. Good for him. And yeah, maybe, I guess if you are the Redskins, you could be upset. But at the same time, Josh Norman has already gotten paid. He probably he could still get cut. So it's not like he's going to lose any money. I mean, I guess he could lose a little. But I'm okay with it. I know. I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I'm a huge fan of Josh Norman. I was super upset when we decided to let him go. Um, Jano just seems like a cool ass dude, but uh, hey, he's allowed to do what he wants. Is it what I would have done? Hell no, yeah, right, right, good point, good point. No, uh, hey. no. and yeah, is yeah, I'm glad. Look, he's a redskin at least, he's a redskin at least. And what I mean by that is it's a lot easier for me to say, I ain't got a problem with it. If I go see Cam Newton jump over a bull, I'm like, no, I also was the guy who said two years ago or maybe three that we should just remember when um, Cam Newton was in the, we gave Cam Newton shit for playing in that big inflatable ball. Do you remember he, there was the video, this was like three or four years ago. And that, you know, those balls, they play soccer, they run into each other and Cam Newton was in one of those. And we were like, he could hurt his ankle. He could do this. And he was in a freaking bubble. <laughs> and I was like, Hey Cam, be careful out there. So if Josh Norman played for the Panthers, I arguably may be taking a much different uh, perspective on this issue. All right. Last call of the night. Numbers 252-228-5098. If you want to get in the show next week, we'll be around. You can call and leave a message on the cat calls line all day, every day. We'd love to hear your opinion. Let's see what we got next. Hi guys, Rich in London. I haven't phoned in for a couple of weeks. It's a bit of a dead time. My man. Tonight, um, I got my ticket for the London game. Um, I've got. <laughs> you got <laughs> find Jay Cryer. To, but the second-hand market is all more expensive than my ticket. So uh, I'm basically goal line stroke end zone in the corner. So I'm going to get the three-quarter view of the pitch. Um, so I'm pretty pretty excited about it. Um, anyone coming to London that listens to this that isn't a member of the riot. Or uh, wants to meet up with people, let me know. Get in touch on, uh, on Twitter or beforehand, and we'll see what Dig. we can do. And there's a few of you. Um, Panther questions. Where are we at? Uh, yeah, what's, what grades are more annoying? This one, Cody, what do you think? What's more annoying, PFF grades or Madden grades? Um, that can be your topic of discussion. We probably will have discussed it. Um, <laughs> it's part oh, of the what program. a great question. I saw Jermaine Carter got a 64. 
but uh, I think the guy's a bit better than that. And Dante Jackson is only a and Samuel are only a 95 in speed. Um, we'll just uh, we'll wait and see. It's just a just a load of bullshit, basically. Can I say that? Yes. Anyway, I will swear in proper English terms. What a load of crap. <laughs> um, anyway, I won't play the game. It sounds like you're giving us a compliment. In my house. Um, anyway, guys, I'm sure you've got some great stuff tonight. I'm listening, even if I'm not always phoning in because my phone bill's massive. Um, but anyway, look forward to more, and we've only got a couple of weeks till training camp. May everybody's ACLs forever hold your knees stable. <laughs> what a call! What a call! Fantastic call. Thank you, Rich. So um, many good... All right, let's start right where... And, and also... Uh, Brad uh, Dugan in the chat room says we got to talk about this Luke Keekley and the Kib video. We yeah, have yeah. we have it on the the list, but I think I, I almost forgot. All right, Rich got a great question for you. More maddening, Madden ratings or Pro Football Focus ratings? Cody, go. So listen, I'm I'm gonna give the slight edge to Pro Football Focus because apparently they're. They're supposed to be evaluating players that makes it easy and digestible for uh, non-number crunching X and O fans to be able to understand. And they really, sometimes they do a great job, and other times it's just filled with absolute crap and bias. Uh, These Madden ratings, on the other hand, listen, y'all. I am like my boy Mario here in that you can miss me with that bullshit, dude, of Cam Newton being an 84 on Madden. Dude, what are we even talking about anymore? It just furthers the notion <laughs> that that no one knows what kind of player Cam Newton really this is. This is Cody on Twitter right here. Dodging all the morons and the Cam Newton haters and the people that don't like my politic posts. And all that bullshit, this is me <laughs> dodging you, bro. I ain't trying to hear it. Miss me with that bullshit. Yeah, man. Rich, shout out for the question, man. Great right. question. I'm I'm not into either of them. Number one, I'm going to say for me, it's got to be Madden ratings. And I bought Madden for the first time ever and barely played it because I suck at it. I'm not very good at it. And I barely <laughs> play video games, period. Like, I want to play video games. I just have three kids, a life work career podcast all this and video games is not on top of it but i'm gonna say madden ratings for this because he brought up dante jackson dante jackson is like the second fastest dude in the league yeah. we just saw him win a race they it's need true. to update that shit to a 99.9 i mean it's yeah, very simple it's like all right if if he's not a 99 then what's the godwin guy is he not a 100 he's the fastest freaking dude in the league the Goblin guy or whatever, whatever his name is, the 49ers dude. What I'm saying is this, is that if you are not, that's 100. And he was less than a 100th of a second. He's got to be a 99. If that dude should, that dude should be 100. Dante Jackson should be 99. And Curtis Samuel should be like 98. So there, I think some other things about this. We talked about, look, Bobby Wagner, you mentioned before the show, Cody, ranked higher than Luke Keekley. Um... I almost, I don't know what, I don't know enough about the rankings overall. I just would say that the overall ranking, I'm not as much concerned with, but in clear measurements where we got like tackling ability or speed, 
those things that are measurable, why are they not more accurate? I mean, I think the overall is more subjective and algorithmic. But Dante Jackson is the second fastest dude in the league. What does that make you? Well, and Texan didn't race, even though he set up the whole race mm, and was sucker. boasting about. And, Did and he about, drop the ball? I mean, he, dude, listen. <laughs> at uh, his own and, race? Yeah, at his own race. And that's uh, all he's ever been known for, uh, Texan, except for when Cam Newton's making his career. But with that said, uh, listen, man, you're talking about electronic arts. I've told you this before. They're one of the worst consumer-rated companies that there is. EA has been terrible mm. for a long time. Uh, they're just garbage, man. And and every year they, they try and add new morsels to make you buy what is essentially the same product damn near every year. I mean, does there need to be a Madden football every single year? I don't know. I, I kind of think they've run out of tricks at this point. But, hey, man, I'm um, – Whatever, dude. Uh, like, especially if we have the kind of season that we know we're gonna have, uh, uh, it's gonna be undeniable that the true talent of the players on this 2019 Panthers football team. Let me ask you this: Is that if you you were sleeping this past week uh, and I woke you up, and that's young people yeah. terminology there. You saw but a video. You know. Yeah, you are woke now. Tell me about <laughs> what yeah. the what the hell is this mess that you missed with Luke Keekley this week, brother? And yeah, what cave I, I, were you in? I I didn't see this at all until Tony brought it to my attention. Um, so this is Luke uh, being embarrassed by a only slightly younger person than him, uh, and then deciding, nah, enough of that, son. So this video of Luke going at DJ Moore's camp, DJ Moore's football camp, I believe this is at. Toss right. Oh, oh left, right. Oh, 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 oh. He got him. He got him moving left and right. So. Definitely got him. Then Luke said, nah. Nope. Don't mess with this guy. He goes hard. So this this video breaks, Cody, and all the haters, not the haters, but people come out and they're like, ah, it is funny. Like, you need to get, you know, it's got to, first, that's that's why we do this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why we have these camps and you let kids and you know that Luke Keekley isn't out there in Pat doing all of this. So you got these people posting the clip, Cody, and they played that first one. You saw that one over and over. And then other people are coming back going, let me put this in a little context here. <laughs> and then my man, yeah. so this little kid gets them left and right. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm Luke Keekley. Everybody loves me. Everybody thinks I'm nice and perfect. I am. I don't do Flex Friday. I'm so, I watch film. All I do, I'm perfect, perfect, perfect. But you know what he still don't like? Is that little kid getting the best of him. And he came and blasted him. <laughs> I wonder if he did the same thing to Christian McCaffrey. Remember when that clip of Christian uh, juking <laughs> Right, the next play. <laughs> the next day, just a hammer and be like, hey, man, remember whose football field Hey, sorry, is. stepping over in them and shit. Like, my bad. I'm perfect still. Oh. So, uh, and then uh, Derek Carr brings up a great point in our chat room. Uh, to Luke's credit, uh, he didn't get a chance to do this. 
there's not as much tape on him as is other guys I've seen. So like, the more you watch on guys, the better feel for you you can get for him. So like when when Saquon's in, I got to understand what his running style is. He runs very strong. He's got really good contact balance. His ability to stop, start, and then his lateral his lateral ability to run away from guys is unique. He's fast, he's explosive, he runs strong. He's a he's a special guy with the ball. If you don't understand kind of how he likes to run the ball, I think you put yourself at a disadvantage. Especially with the, with a guy like this that's as unique as he is, it's you're, you're you're putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. So listen, man, Luke Kuechly, not only is 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 he known as the best middle linebacker, but it's not just because of the physical gifts. Yes, the man is built like a Grecian god, but on top of that, the man is willing to do tireless hours of work like this. Ron Rivera has talked about having to kick him out of the locker room to tell him to go home and get some rest. I mean, the man is thinking about football. He is the commander general on the football field when the defense is out defending our dirt. And, man, that it's such an asset to have that kind of player at the middle linebacker position. Luke changes the game of football in a way that a middle linebacker shouldn't be able to so on the back you- of operation and his instincts and the amount of preparedness that he puts in day in and day out. Are you trying to tell me that this kid caught Luke Keekley on a short week, right? On a Thursday night game after they played a four, four o'clock game on Sunday and he's a rookie. There's no, there's little tape available. So Luke Keekley, had he been on, had a little bit more rest time and preparation time, this kid never going to do that. To him. And, and I heard that he saved the bus filled with drowning children, you know, just uh, 30 minutes prior, you know, and then ran all the way from where the bus was to the event because he doesn't want to be late. Uh, that's just the kind of man that he is. So, yeah. So let me tell you this is that uh, I wonder how many views that that video has on Twitter, but like 70% of them are Luke Keekley. Yeah, like yeah. He's studying it. He's like, oh, yeah. he was like, no, this boy's tendency. Nope, nope, yeah. never again. Never again. All right. But, but, but I love that that second tackle, you can tell that it did piss him off. <laughs> it definitely pissed him off that uh, that, that boy juked him out of his shoes. So, uh, okay. yeah, it happens to the best of us. All right. So that's about it, isn't it? Anything else? Uh, Tony, we're two beautiful men. I don't know about, I don't know if that's related to Panthers, but well, yeah, is that if he's August, then you're saying that uh, you're September and I'm October? I mean, hey, Mm. whatever you call it, don't call me late to dinner. Okay, all right. Well, I don't think we got anything else to talk about other than this is that look, I do want to plug a couple of things. Number one, let's plug our um, double or nothing. Bonus podcast we'll be doing on the All yes. or Nothing series on Sunday. I, I think we're shooting for Sunday to record this. We might live broadcast it if we. Uh, we might as well. Might as well just live broadcast at maybe yeah. let's do eight thirty or nine p.m. on Sunday. We'll work those details out. I'll tweet it out. Yeah, we'll figure um, it out. 
And uh, let's just actually we'll we'll settle on this. Let's settle on nine PM Sunday night. That's a good it's a good time for everybody. Everybody the kids are in bed. So nine PM we're gonna do double or nothing bonus episode talking about the first couple of episodes of the All or Nothing podcast. The reason we're doing this not part of our show. Number one, our show goes hours and hours, period. Number two, we want you to be able to listen to podcast and not um with fear of spoilers because look, we are all gonna watch the great thing about binge watching TV is we get to watch it on our time. So we don't want to ruin that experience for you. So we'll have something separate marked out so that you know that if you haven't watched the show and you are worried about what we're going to reveal that you, you know, you can catch up on a separate thing. The other uh, thing is, is I got to start working on the C3 fantasy football league. We've got a great t-shirt design that Lynn has done for us uh, with the keep pounding logo, British theme, it's going to be good. I just got to put my effort in at this time. But we have a fantastic fantasy football league that we will we'll have the draft in the first couple of weeks of August. Not the first couple of weeks of August. I like to have the draft as late as possible so people don't draft somebody number one. They tear an MCL like Ken was talking about in that call. Um, uh, Rich. Uh, Rich, excuse me, not Ken. Uh, Rich. Kingston was talking about in that call. So look out for information when it comes to the C3 Fantasy Football League. And uh, the last thing we got to do is we got to ice some fools up, Cody. And Hall of Honor segment on the C3 Panthers podcast is the ice up segment where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Mine is short and sweet this week, Cody. I was sitting... Just at, at my local watering hole, waiting for my kid to get done with whatever activity it was. In the background, the sport is is Sports Center on the TV or whatever ESPN. I never get to. I don't watch a lot of national TV shows and get my inter, my news from you guys on Twitter. But they were the question was, and I was just reading. You know, I'm just reading what they're talking about. I don't get. I'm not really getting to hear it. But they were talking about do the Atlanta. They were talking about the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons offseason, the team in general. And the question was, do the Atlanta Falcons make the playoffs? Well, in the clips, the B-roll material that they're playing in the background, Matt Ryan rushes like four or five yards on the Panthers defense to only. Muscle in with his little girl body into the end zone against four Panther defensemen. One of those visibly Shaq Thompson in that picture. Look, I'm not saying Shaq Thompson. I, I just this. I'm icing up the Panthers defensive players getting run over by a girl. The that is the equip. That's what happened in that. I can't see that again. Don't let that happen again. Panthers defense kill Matt Ryan figuratively literally ice up you guys who let a girl run you over and truck you in the end zone yeah how about this let's not let matt ryan or drew Brees ever rush for a touchdown again yeah ever again ever again ever ever in the ever in the history of ever and ever and ever um so listen just to i'm gonna make mine short and sweet just to show you that people in government have no fracking idea of what they're doing uh, apparently, NATO accidentally revealed all the locations of the 150 nuclear weapons that we have spread all throughout Europe, dude. Because what? This world is so stupid. Like, the, the people... Can't keep listen, a secret. 
The internet wins again. There's no such thing as a secret. And even when a secret is kept, trust the people that are supposed to hold that secret are going to fuck it up and let everyone know. Uh, Okay, and not only that, but we're going to let people know uh, that we have uh, incredibly dangerous weapons just wherever inside someone else's country. And by the way, we don't even tell them where in their own country we're hiding them because apparently we don't have to. How big is America's D, Cody, where they get uh, to tell the world, we get to tell the world, you don't even get to think about nuclear weapons, but we might hide a nuclear weapon in your mama's junk. (laughs) (laughs) But And you got to deal with it. You may not, we may not tell you, but that's where where we kept it. Have you seen that South Park episode? There's a snook in her (laughs) sniz. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, maybe that's, yeah, listen, the American pen pan is strong, uh, stronger than it's ever been. And uh, some people love that. Um, I, me, whatever. People hey, don't want keep a secret, bitches. Excuse my yeah. <laughs> so to uh, to everyone involved in this stupid <laughs> story, man. I stop, son. And we got 150 of them. <laughs> uh, it's like, never mind. All right, that's it. I was going to say 99 problems and a nuke ain't one, but there's uh, 149 problems you got to deal with. All right, that not working. My name's okay. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Share it with a friend. Thank you for all you, all of you in the chat room. Uh, Susan Dean contributing carl van contributing trill Derek hall underground west jake delome all of you brandon dugan it's been great uh to hang out with you and talk panthers football cody you like to talk football and life on the internet how can they find you on twitter at cody lax c-o-d-y-l-a-c on twitter uh jake delome said i'm gonna have a visit from the cia tomorrow i believe it man I promise that green stuff is oregano and it doesn't belong to me. Um, yeah, man. Uh, what, what, what can I say? I, I put myself out there for the many Panther fans and the people who enjoy my content. Don't forget CIA, NSA. Follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Subscribe to the podcast. We're here every Tuesday night. And this Sunday we'll be here for double or nothing when we're talking about the Panthers all or nothing. We're going to do episodes one, two, and three. Maybe we've got to work out those dynamics. There's eight total. So we might do three, three, two. We'll see how it goes. Until then, we'll see you Sunday, Tuesday. Keep pounding. And shout out to Susan Deans for the $10. Love you, Susan. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.